Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Screen Talk and Newwire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, joined as always by Ann Thompson. And this is our first pre-can recording, I guess, only pre-can recording just feels like it's a constant buildup to can, but it is actually happening. And next week we'll be in the South of France less than a year after we were there last time. It does feel like we were just there arguing late nights over Rosé, but we're going to get back right into where we left off and hopefully it'll feel maybe a little bit more normal than it did last time. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling about kind of gearing up for I'm this so, round? I'm so ready. I'm so ready to. Uh, it, it's interesting. I just got off a call uh, with one of the agencies that sells um, films, you know, uh, packages. At, and, and of course, that's what the market is all about. The idea that they're going to be looking for buyers for all these movies that they've got all financed and all set up and ready to go but they're looking for people to to uh to come in and and pick up distribution rights and everything and i'm curious to see what kind of of market you know and and for the films themselves that don't have distributors now things like force majeure uh director ruben oslin's new film which um triangle of sadness um that's the hot title the the movie that everybody is curious because about. it's in english it's got yeah, woody right. harrelson in it <laughs> whether or not it's a commercial movie you gotta wait and see like and a com- it sounds like a funny movie it sounds like he's doing the same kind of thing he did in the square which of course uh won uh the palm door in its year uh where he's really uh you know going after the bourgeoisie in a, in a big way uh, a survival story on a desert island i'm i'm i think everyone's excited about it but it's interesting to me that they have saved this movie to show it can uh no one has seen it ahead of time um no there's a lot of anticipation it's sort of the old game but there aren't that many movies like that no because there's there's a there's a real kind of show me what you got mentality that's overtaken the market especially in recent years with pre-pandemic the the acceleration of links and the ease with which people wanted to just basically make decisions outside of the insanity of this well, massive event that was during the pandemic well and that accelerated it and it it, it provided an easy excuse to say no and you have to send me cycle. a link in other words people were accustomed to the sort of you know there's sundance and then there's south by and then there's can and the, you know these markets sort of move around and and they got off that cycle and they they played around um at any time but this is this is going to be a test it's going to be a test i mean here we are mourning the loss of the landmark in Los Angeles. The one I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, you, know, which was you Angelinos. 
you guys need another theater. You need a new theater. It was like the Arclight. It was the same audience, the same sort of adult smart house audience. Um, And that's where all the Academy screenings and IDA screenings and all these panels and things took place. And it was very much the West Side hub. So I think a lot of people are upset about it, not just because of, of their own practice of going to the movies and habit, but it's a sign that that part of the market still hasn't recovered. And, and a lot of people are saying, oh, it's going to come back, it's going to come back. When is it going to come back? And that's what the, the can market is going to test the appetite for the, of, of the buy. Are there going to be streamers paying money? Or is it going to be the old-fashioned specialty companies? Well, you Bank, know the answer banking to that. Banking on theatrical? Is it going to be some studio buys? I think so, it's going to be a hodgepodge, like it always is. And the question is, is, is it's not necessarily one or the other, and it, it's just a question of where people are really choosing to spend the, their money. And like you say, I mean, it's it's not like the main selection at Cannes is really the barometer for this stuff. It's it's at the Marche du hardly, Film hardly, where, no. where that's happening. No, and last year, it didn't factor. really happen. So last year was actually kind of sad and we were there in July. It was gone. It was very sad in July to be it around the Marche. And, yeah. uh, you know, the it was like you could see tumbleweeds left and right, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. you know, but the, and the truth is the grand will be back. But, but what but the truth is that, you know, the the joke with a lot of those market screens is who would actually want to go to them anyway. But that's that's where the real product is. And you've got like 10,000 people expected to be doing business there this year. So it's those announcements which we're already seeing start up where the real business is going to be taking place. And that's where you can really tell, you know, what is what is the confidence in the theatrical market? Who, who are the stars who, when they attach themselves to something, uh, you know, I know, it's commercial. The thing is, is that these projects are, are they have stars in them, but it's sort of mid-level stars and it's, it's thrillers, you know, it's, it's, it's these modest, it's various Liam Neeson takeoffs, you know, uh, whether they're, ele- the, the, the buyers like to say that they're elevated thrillers or whatever. Elevated genre, yeah. Yeah. So they want it to be a quiet place. They want it to be something that's going to really catch on with audiences. Yeah. You just, and you just don't know. By the way, you, you may not watch Atlanta, but Liam Neeson had an amazing cameo on that show last week. And I won't spoil it for people who are still catching up, but I do think that it's, he's a singular entity in terms of the success that he's had with a certain he may have kind run of ground with the yeah. formula at this you point. can't just replicate i want him that. to come back to uh, art house movies my favorite recent role of his was 20 years ago in love actually you know well there's that too come back, liam neeson please yeah but i remember going to see like nicholas cage movies in the marche du film and thinking you know that there there is a certain kind of equation to this but the question is, is any of that equation still there for people or or is it just folks are just going through the motions because they have jobs? There could, be, there could be a, um, you know, a Lionsgate or a new line or, you know, that kind of thing. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's it's a smaller group of there's a contraction that has taken place on many different fronts. People are debating what is Netflix's appetite going to be? What kind of buying are they going to be doing? Um, you know, what kind of pocketbook do they have? You know, Amazon has all the money in the world. So does Apple. Um, but what are they, you know, this is not necessarily their scene. So we shall see. I still hold out hope that some people will recognize there is a developing comfort with non-English language films and the potential, especially in the streaming space, for unexpected success stories. And there are midnight movies at, at Cannes. There are 
uh, you know, heartfelt dramas. To the to the to the uh, to the directorial debut of Lee Jung Jai, the star of Squid Game, which is a midnight the film called Hunt, Hunt in yeah. in Midnight. Yeah, so there's so there's genre films, and then there's lots of films that I think will, could surprise people just being really well reviewed. I mean, this is remember the festival that launched Drive My Car last year, and that was a big success story that was not predicted on the ground there. Nobody could have. And that doesn't mean we you can replicate it. We saw how good it. it was, but, but it was well handled. But it was let's well be played. honest. Nobody would have predicted that that would have happened. That it would have been the winner for the foreign language Oscar? Sure. Why not? That's I don't perfect. think that it was that predicted That was totally then. viable. Totally on the, totally in the cost. As, as it was it for several films. it as big a hit as it was, or that it nobody had called as that. many nominations as no. it did? Nobody no. called But Oscar winner, yes, for foreign At language. least Japanese submission was thrown around. I'll give you that but in any case we don't really know where that lies this year among the many many countries that are represented one of the other titles that maybe uh that's up for sale is an a24 title remember when val was showed and it had been an a24 tossed it off to amazon on the market and and amazon got it about a year ahead uh, of the festival but uh it wasn't announced until the festival this time again uh, the uh, ethan cohen a documentary about Jerry Lee Lewis is possibly going to go if they get the kind of offer they want uh, to another buyer. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, it's it's fascinating how Cannes is not known for its documentaries, no. but the documentary market is what it is. So things like that will happen. Sort of behind. Yeah. Uh, I think they're a bit behind the the, the curve there. They're, it's very difficult to get uh, a a good doc into into competition because they're trying to fill so many French slots and other slots that they. Feel. And because of the auteur context, Michael Moore has films in competition at Cannes. Who is an auteur of that level? I mean, that is it was still a big deal when that element. happened. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we we've seen a bunch of concept we can't talk about. I That's guess true. we can talk about one, which happens Top to be Gun. one of the bigger American <laughs> movies. There, yes. So Top Gun we is a can talked film. about men, which is sort of it's almost like it's come and gone already. Uh, well, you know? not for those international audiences. Yeah, I'll be yeah. curious to see how yeah, that yeah. plays. But but, um, but yes, Tom Cruise is finally coming to Cannes. Two years in the making, this premiere. They and um, knew what they had. Paramount knew what they had. They held on to it for two years. They did not do anything with it. They sat on it. That's a lot of money to sit on, a lot of investment, but it's because they knew what they had. This thing is as tight and taut and riveting and exciting to watch. They nailed it. And um, it's almost, I would, I would argue that I would recommend that people consider this for screenplay at the Oscars because Whoa. that's how tight it is. I'm going to um, remind you of that at the I end know. of the year. <laughs> the likelihood that it's going to be a huge hit. This is not a, a question screenplay. mark. Wow. The, the likelihood that the, that's the, that's where the merit lies. I mean, it's, it's it and the craft direction obviously. and the craft and the stunts and the reality of the stunts that Cruz insisted upon and and all of that and the casting is very good um miles teller is excellent playing um goose jr yeah, the son of- but it's still it's still not um it, it's not rocket science this movie <laughs> no it's top gun it is literally top gun too as anybody who's seen top gun can imagine it i mean i thought it, i enjoyed it a little bit more in certain in certain ways i mean it's 
it's obviously it's a contemporary film. The action scenes are a little more intense and so forth. I think it has a slight more of an emotional arc because it of, have, of it what has the nostalgia factor. I mean, yeah, and well, what it sets up in the earlier film. Harrison Ford and, and Carrie Fisher showed up in Star Wars again. Yeah, there was so much emotion invested in them. And that's what this movie has. You know, you you see the regret, you see the the ways and Cruz knows exactly what he's doing. He plays every and it's Zimmer also. Hans Zimmer. I mean, ultimately, the you know the the faceless villains are a little annoying, and so there there are things about the plot that Don that, Ham that has a of, thankless role. <laughs> they, yeah, it's 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 a little cardboard cutout in parts, and 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 a lot of the new recruits are sort of forgettable as well. But I did think that the final act of the movie has a lot more going on in terms, even even though the scenario is still kind of underdeveloped, that there's a survival element that goes beyond just like speeding around in jets and recurring close-ups of people looking freaked well, out in that center of the movie is is the son going to be yeah. able to accept and forgive uh the man that he blames for the death of his father so that's that tension is running throughout and that's what plays out yeah so totally. so yeah i mean i i'll be there's it's like the only nostalgia there's even a romance play. with jennifer Connolly. yeah yeah we, we don't need to dwell on that one that talk about cardboard cutouts but uh i was gonna say that this movie is probably the only nostalgia play that really works in commercial terms. I mean, you see it with like, when they tried to redo Ghostbusters with the original guys and stuff, it just didn't resonate. A lot of these franchises- Star Wars is apt, actually. Yeah, and and Star Wars tried really hard to also make it relevant to a new generation. I I feel like this is not a, this is a pure Top Gun movie. It's, It's the movie you could imagine being made in the future back in the you know when the original one was a success i mean it really does feel like there you can connect the dots and maybe that's what people years. want you needed to put those years in between yeah. so tom cruise is a sadder and and not so you know maybe slightly wiser uh guy and 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 adults can relate to the idea that he's got expertise he's got sh- chops he, even if he's aging he has something to teach and pass on and um and yet he's got a chip on his shoulder too so you know last year at Cannes, the movie that had waited to come out uh to have a can slot was moonrise i'm not sorry not moonrise kingdom the uh the last wes anderson movie which is not how soon how soon we <laughs> they all blur the they french uh the french dispatch thank you <laughs> the, i actually conflate those, those, there, those titles for, for some obvious reasons but but french dispatch was you know was going to be a can in 2020 and waited a year because it wanted that theatrical. Right. So now this is like sort of the ultimate impulse in that, in that sense is that can is a place you take a movie that really needs to have a theatrical launch. Obviously Top Gun, Tom Cruise is the one who gets to say what the theatrical window on that one is. And I think it's like what, 120 days or something like that. It's pretty extensive, it's especially in today's market. 90. Uh, I, I, maybe it's a hundred. Yeah, it's a hundred. It's a lot. It's a lot. So this is a rarity and it, it's going to have all the time in the world. And I guess be even bigger than Dr. Strange, which is interesting to me because I don't even know if there's, I mean, to me, it seems like there are more Marvel fans than there are Tom Cruise fans, but I could be missing something on that front. I don't know. I mean, everybody's it, seen that movie at this point and, and then grew up on it. You know, it has a whole nostalgia factor to it. And the original is on uh, on Netflix right now. So uh, so there's they're playing that card, too. 
So, and, and, and you could see it now without ads. If you saw it at the end of the year, watching Top Gun with ads might not and be the same They're experience, even flogging but... Lady Gaga and her single, which is, oh my God, it's like this catchy thing. It's so commercial. It's so, um, mm, I don't know how to explain it. It's it's it's, it's Gaga ish. It's it's Gaga <laughs> gives them what they want. Is- yeah, it's fun. It's funny. It's like Tom Cruise and Lady Gaga are are two of the rare of entities in Hollywood. Yeah, who just they they get ex- exactly what they want. Their brand is always served. That is, Lady Gaga has a, as a, a writing credit in the in the credit. You know, as as as, a, as one of the music by credits. I mean, it's not just song by. They took so. the the music of the song and and Zimmer came in. They they like jettisoned others. They Zimmerified it. And uh, yeah, they, they they there's a collaboration with three. There's there's a group of them. So there are some people who are who are sort of going beyond what you were saying about screenplay, and they're like, this could be the one. This could be a big best picture kind of play because it's uh, it'll be we'll a huge what, commercial hit. What's standing at the end of the year. I mean, it all depends um, on that. It sequels not so much. Um, you know, uh, Tom Cruise movies not so much. Cruz doesn't get it either. Uh, there's no supporting role that really justifies it. So I would say screenplay is about the best they're going to do. It's not going to be Kaczynski, um, you know, um, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately we have to see how, how the movie actually does commercially and not what those projections are saying. So that'll happen at Cannes. And then um, we'll see what a, else. It's just a European play. launch at this point, yeah. which is what so many of these films are really doing. It isn't so much about us discovering them at Cannes, given how many they're showing ahead of time. Um, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, many. honestly, I mean, uh, like I said, they're smaller films. Uh, they're much smaller films. But this is this is often the case with Cannes. At the end of the day, I mean, you go to this festival in part because of the insular nature of it, where films that aren't seen at least in our culture, as being a big deal, like a new Darden Brothers movie, get the red carpet treatment with thousands of people on the quasette trying to take photos of stars across the street and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, on some level, I think there is a reality check settling in with the industry where they realize that the exclusivity of showing it there to the press and the industry is not something you can take for granted. No. So there is more of a desire to pre-screen in that respect. Yeah. I agree so in any case, the market continues uh, in terms of the release market, other stuff is opening. So uh, we shouldn't pretend that it's just can and nothing else. So movies are opening now. What did, what did you get a chance to see? So I, on that checked, front? I, I saw Downton Abbey, a new era. And one of the reasons I was interested in seeing it was that it marks for me, um, even as these theaters are closing, uh, you know, because the um, adult audience isn't coming back uh, fast enough. Um, I wish they'd waited because I think they are going to come back and I think they're going to come back for this movie. I think there's actually going to be a, a, a robust. This movie made 100 million, uh, almost 100 million domestic. Um, the previous. And they've yeah. already, yeah, they already, uh, sh- this is Focus Features, they already showed it and they already played in England um, a little uh, softer than the first one. So it's, people are, are, you know, are they going to say, oh, it's not as big as the first one? Or are they going to say this is a much bigger number than most of these movies are able to generate at this point? Everyone's hanging on to everyone, every everybody everywhere at once just because because it's it's such a huge hit. They want to use it as, as an, an example of what can happen happen but that is a rarity and you need more movies for the adults that's a that's a younger audience hit 
not yeah i mean i i mean that's but it's it doesn't go beyond that it's not it's just really hard to get people to see anything nowadays so anytime something is successful people want to replicate that success and the reality is that every successful movie is its own thing these days i mean what is it driving people to go see downton abbey it's fandom for the show it's a oh it's these old characters they grew up with on tv it's 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 knowing kind of like top gun there's an existing familiarity that's true. It's existing IP. I would argue in this case, it's more like a comfortable old sweater that you're putting on. It's not, there's nothing new or exciting about it, but it's, they know what they're doing and they do it well. They, they, right. they hit but, all but, the, the So models. that is, there are only so many comfortable sweaters you can get out there. I mean, it's, that's the thing. It's like, it just, it feels like you, you can't, you got Top Gun, you got Downton Abbey. I mean, we can't just kind of rely on these well, A things, lot of people but... are going to wait three weeks and catch their comfortable sweater at home. But do they know it's going to be three weeks? Everybody That's at a, Universal, it's three weeks. Yeah, no, but I'm saying general audience. Three weeks too. Yeah, they're right. going to wait. They're, 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 and that's, that's, the, that's the question mark for, for theaters now. You know? it really, really, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm excited to hear if anyone goes to see this movie finally opening this week called On the Count of Three, which is Gerard Carmichael's directorial debut. And this premiered at Sundance virtually in the first virtual edition of Sundance in 2021. Uh, so what took it so long? I, Annapurna Pictures, I believe, uh, that acquired it. If, if, if you can believe that, but uh, I don't know all the details what I do know is that this was a movie that probably would have been a, a noisier, more exciting debut at a, at a physical festival where the audience would have been really sort of viscerally reacted to it. It's a dark comedy about a suicide pact. I mean, it really is. And it's got a, a Safdie brothers-esque sort of anarchic quality to it. Day in the life of two friends who make a suicide pact and all this stuff goes wrong. And, and they're kind of, it's on they're like slapstick characters in a way. Um, Gerard Carmichael, who's an incredibly talented stand-up comedian, you know, and if you haven't seen Rothaniel on HBO, his, his special where he comes out, I highly recommend it. Um, but as a director, he's really talented. And a movie like that is the sort of thing that I look at and I wonder, well, what what's missing here that can't that you know there's not enough noise around this that movie. you haven't heard like of it. something I, mean, I i have to admit i haven't i i would say that feels like something taylor made to be watched at home maybe but i but i feel like it's also everything everywhere all at once is the kind of movie that you might have said that if i had just described it to you and you not knew nothing all. about it so obviously if i if you didn't know anything about everything everywhere and i told you about it right no, now no, what no, would no. make that you go needs see the it action the last the, the this has action in it action it's yeah. a suicide it does have a suicide pact in it but it also has action it has car chases if you go watch the trailer it plays that up a little bit uh, I, I would say that the the challenge with these kinds of movies is that they need the festival context to generate buzz for them. And then they need to come out soon after that. And that's something I, I look at constantly. We're going to go into Cannes next week and we're going to be buzzing about all these movies. But how long is it going to take for the rest of the world to catch up to us? That's the issue. And, uh, and, and see them in that in that context. Okay. So next week we'll be in Cannes and... Um, Hopefully a few days in, we'll get a chance we'll, to sit we're down. We're going to do a live uh, yep. thing in Cannes. Yep. So the second week on, on Wednesday, I believe we're still finalizing the exact time. But anybody who's at Cannes should look that up. So it, it'll be at the American Pavilion. But um, next week we'll do a regular. And next week we'll this. find each other some at some point in the madness we'll and it. try not to we'll be too drunk. something pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All, All right, right, Anne. I'll see you on the other side of the Atlantic. You got it.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.